0: Welcome to the Parts Room Podcast, presented by Exodus 4x4. All right, we're back with episode two of the Parts Room, and uh same guys are here. Nobody's changed, um, but except Tony. Uh, Tony's background. He's still alive. Yeah, he's still alive. Tony's got COVID, so he's, uh, he's coming at us from his home office. Let me
1: yeah I'm in quarantine
0: (laughs) so today we're going to talk about horsepower and torque how important is it and why do people feel like it's necessary to do a v8 swap which is something we do quite a bit of here some things are changing some vehicles are now offered with v8s some are not most aren't and uh some are coming out (laughs) with engines that make you kind of think maybe you don't need to get a v8 so we thought, well, this would be a good time to do an, a podcast on V8s. So everybody here today has had a V8 or has a V8 in their Jeep. So at some point we know what that's like, um, whether they had a V6 in it or or they just bought it with a V8. Um, well, none of us have done that, but some people have. We've worked on some 392 Wranglers here lately. So we have some opinions on the 392 versus the Hemi conversion itself. Uh, so I just think that we have a lot of, uh, a lot of good opinions on the matter. <laughs> you know, before I forget, Tony, I want to, I want to share with you what you ruined. So what I ruined? Well, you know, you know what you ruined. I was oh, going to no. show this to you. So, but you, oh, no. you beat me to it. So anyways, <laughs> I'm going to show everybody else. Ryan, you have You get to meet us first on that channel. To what it is too. <laughs> Some. As he's, as he's, it's as he's or as he, as he's designs, this is a uh, something I believe the guys at JCR dreamed up and as he's designs made it, made it a reality, but this is for the new Bronco, Ryan. What do you think? Excellent. Oh, that's
2: awesome. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> that's yeah. Bronco. That's perfect.
0: Yeah. Anyways, this is pretty cool. But yeah, it's a, uh, it's a fat Bronco. Yeah. Fat Bronco. Yep.
2: Chunky Bronco. Ch-
0: chunky, chunky, chunko. chunko, chunko. Cause it is a chunko. Yeah. So anyways, big, but... this is going to find its way on our, our uh, Bronco that we have. It'll find its way on there. I think after we paint it, repaint, because I don't like the color. I'm going to repaint my Bronco later on down the road. And no, I'm not Wait, You hate you. the color of my Bronco?
2: I like the color of the Bronco.
0: Let's not turn, let's not, let's not go any further. Let's not turn this into a Bronco <laughs> podcast again, right? We'll talk about why.
2: About V8. Let's talk. Yeah,
0: we're going to talk. We're, well, we're going to bring up the Bronco in a little bit, but that's because of the the V8 topic and, and kind of what made me think maybe we should talk about it. But so Tony, let's start with you because you don't work here. Um, Fantastic. Yeah. And we see a lot less of you, but you your experience with a v8 uh conversion and going from a v6 to a v8 we see them all the time and we drive them all the time here so from your perspective um when you first bought your jeep wrangler in its complete stock form and i'm going to ask you this specifically and we're going to we're going to touch back on it later um there's a reason why there's method to the badness but in stock completely stock form you had a jlur steen gray it was completely stock for a long time until I got my hands on it. Right. You change right. anything. Almost a year. Yeah. Yep. Which is incredible. It's amazing that you left it alone for a year. Yeah. Almost. But, um, COVID made it easy because we couldn't get parts. Well, there's that too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, like, like in your opinion, when it was completely stock with the V six, what did you think about it?
1: Power wise? It, it was, it was all right. It was okay. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't anything to write home about, but it had 33-inch tires on it, so it wasn't, wasn't a big deal. Got you from know? Point compared a to the JK, B. the JL was was peppy, you know, compared to the JK.
0: That yeah, came that's out true. Of. Yeah. yeah. So. And that was all transmission for the most part, mm-hmm. and 95% the part. probably transmission. Yeah, 8-speed eight, eight was long overdue.
2: Mm-hmm. Most definitely.
0: Yeah, and we get a lot of people that just want the 8-speed conversion, period, in their JK, and unfortunately, that's just not a reality yet. Um I think somebody can make it work and I've heard rumors of people making it work but I haven't personally seen it uh or experienced it in some in some aspects. So so in your opinion when you first got your JLUR with the 36 Pentastar and the 8-speed automatic nothing I mean it was better than the JK but it wasn't like super impressive, right? Right. Yep. Okay. Um Ryan jk man a 2017 JKUR had uh f- the five speed automatic the nag one and the pentastar engine so what did you think about it before like when it was in stock form what did you think about your jeep I and mean, that's the first jeep you ever owned right
2: right yeah it was the first one i've ever owned it was th- it was all that i needed but not all that i wanted
0: let me ask you something before this i've never asked you this before but what did you drive before that i had an f-150 what engine 50. Oh, this is the one that you got from my Uncle, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Now we I guess we did talk about that. Yeah. But it was a two wheel drive. Two wheel uh, drive. Four door?
2: Yeah. Two wheel drive, four-door. Okay. And prior to that an F two fifty with the 6.4 in it. The diesel. Oh wow. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one
0: of the worst <laughs> engines ever made.
2: I got rid of it because yeah, I had terrible. problems with it. And that thing was a piece of shit.
0: So oh. going from the Ford F one fifty with a five oh in it to the Jeep. I mean, that's that's not even a fair comparison. No. But, but you know, regardless, you still, bought, um, you still bought a vehicle and you got in and drove it, and you weren't – you were just like, oh, this is what a Jeep feels like, I guess. Right? Yeah. Like, you weren't yeah,
2: – I mean, that, you know, was to be expected, I thought.
0: You probably didn't get in and go, oh, shit, man, this thing will throw you back in the seat.
2: No, definitely didn't experience any of right, that.
0: Right, right. No. And it's a Jeep, right? You shouldn't expect it.
2: I mean, at first it was peppy, but, you know, it was – while well, you're in stock form, it's I mean it's nothing compared to the 5.0 that was in the F one fifty. Yeah. But you're in stock form at that point. Yeah, so and, I, and it I mean, only gets worse yeah. from there. Oh yeah. The more you do to it, the slower it seemed to got.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Tony, back to you. Have you ever done a V eight conversion? Any of your Jeeps? You had several Jeeps before and I think last time we talked, you had eleven you've had eleven Jeeps total over the, over the yep. years. But have you ever done any kind of I guess, no. v- drastic performance modifications such as that, whether it be a V8 swap or supercharger, turbocharger, something like that on there, anything? No, they've all been,
1: they've all been stock, you know, power plants. The And part of the reason I think the last one Brewster stayed stock so long was, you know, was interested in the turbos and we saw how that turned out. And we were interested in the supercharger and we saw how that turned out. And so I was fortunate enough that, I was a long ways away from you, and I got to watch the iterations of your yeah. Gladiator. And and I saw what happened um, with the Hemi swap, and I was like, well, i got to have that. I mean, I, because I've done 40s and Dynatracks on a on a six-speed JK, Oof. and it did okay. But it was, you know, in the mountains, it was miserable. Getting to the mountains, it was miserable. Yeah. You know, following you and JJ on the JKX, you know, through Boulder, or not through Boulder, but um, through Nevada and stuff like that, it was awful. You know, mm-hmm. trying to keep up with you. So yeah. I was like, I got to
0: have that. So I guess that's the question is what, at what point do you decide, man, I got to do something to this Jeep engine? Either whether I got to put a performance monitor, you know, adder to it or pull it out and put a V8 in it. Like, at what point does it become necessary to do a V8 swap or is it just a luxury?
1: Well, I, I mean, when we talked about going to Baja, I knew I was going to have to do something
0: because mm-hmm. I wasn't going to be able
1: to keep up with you or the Raptors. Mm-hmm. But when we did Pismo um, and did those the whoop sections and everything, mm-hmm. and I saw what the double throwdown can do in that particular situation and knowing that we were going to Baja, I mean, if you remember, that just kind of escalated everything because we were doing bolt-on coil overs, and all of a sudden it was like, no, nah, I'm going I'm going with a double throwdown and we're going to go with a full-blown Hemi and we're going to do this thing just like those – the, the big boy jeeps were on yeah. that trip and so that for me that was it it was just an endless cycle of awesome
0: so before we go too far when when tony references the double throw down he's talking about uh the uh, dual shock suspension that's available from evo manufacturing so and they market it as a double throw down so it's actually got a coilover yeah. and a bypass shock in my jk uh both front and rear uh in tony's jail is just in the front so Mm-hmm. um and to really enjoy that um you, it helps to have a v8 offer a lot of torque to push you through all that stuff off-road and really get up to speed and enjoy that suspension sometimes requires a v8 so i guess that's <laughs> that's one thing now in terms of rock crawling though i don't even think it's anywhere near necessary to do a v8 conversion
2: right well, I believe probably not necessary luxury. Yeah. yeah luxury yeah, I believe more of a luxury when it comes to rock crawling, 100%. It is definitely
1: a learning curve, right? I yeah. mean, it's so crisp and so responsive. It's unforgiving when you're trying to finesse up something. You better get it right or you're just going to break loose, you know, or move the obstacle. Touch yeah, Gotcha. So.
0: Yeah, no no, no doubt. And if you're rock crawling strictly with it then a V8 and you're not towing it out there and you're running 40s and these big axles and stuff like that, then that's probably – wouldn't you agree that's that's probably a V8 being it's beneficial to get to and from the trails if you're not going to be towing it. But otherwise, you're probably just, you're fine. I don't, I don't know, man. I, I I think people need to be really honest with themselves when they're talking about doing a V8 conversion. And it, it, it comes down to how much time are you actually going to spend off-roading the Jeep? You know, how much, but more importantly, how much time are you going to actually spend daily driving the Jeep? Because I think that's where the V8... Really, uh, I guess if you're going to try and rationalize it and say it's necessary for you to have it, that's where it comes into play. Unless you're just some outlier that has like 30 vehicles and, and, and takes them all off-road or something like that. And you, know, then, and you got unlimited budget, then you could just V8 swap everything that you own. But if this is a vehicle that you're going to be daily driving and doing some off-roading, moderate off-roading, then the v is probably a lot. Uh, easier to convince your wife to let you do it. I think that's the best way to, to put that, right? <laughs> if, well, it's a definitely a lot of fun ripping around town in it for sure. But mm. yeah, you turn
2: um, a lot of heads you know, with in, them. Oh uh,
1: yeah, but down in, even down in Paladuro, getting from obstacle to op, obstacle, it's super sandy.
0: Yeah,
1: super. There's some whoopy sections and stuff, and it's just a it's just a ton of fun.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, Ryan. You how long did you drive your Jeep before you put the Hemi in? It?
2: Um, I had about I think it was thirty six thousand miles on it or something like
0: that. Yeah, but okay, so you ran a warranty out. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. What was that a terrible yeah. idea. <laughs> yeah, it seems kind of responsible of you. <laughs> Thank you. Well, how'd you get the job here? <laughs> so uh you breathes. That's that's how <laughs> um Wow,
2: that was the only requirement
0: at breathing <laughs> nowadays. Yeah. it's pretty close. Um, yeah. there's job opening the and this person uh, can walk in and, and breathe and come through the door. So he's hired No, Um, but no, how many years? Like, I guess, uh, you... well,
2: I got it in 17 uh, October of 17. Yeah.
0: So, so almost four years. Right. You drove that thing like that. Yeah. If, well, I
2: mean, I wasn't on 37s and all that. I went through the phases of thirty five. Oh,
0: yeah, the many, the many cycles and iterations of Jeep building. Yeah, in one Jeep.
2: Right. I have yet to finish yeah. out a, a set of tires to the end of the tread. Well, I think you're there changed. now,
0: unless you're going to some unless you're going to forty twos next. I think no, you're there. no, I won't be going to forty twos. Yeah. So you drove it quite, you know, thirty six thousand miles. Not a whole lot of miles, but you drove it for three and a half years, mm-hmm. pretty much before you actually did the V eight swap in it. So when you went from the V six to the V eight talk to this, like, was that a huge, it was completely different vehicle. Like describe that because I don't feel like that's something that I've stressed enough in the videos, uh, to, you know, that we've made on V eight swaps the, on our YouTube channel. I don't think that we've stressed enough, like the difference between, or actually had anybody do any kind of testimony in video. Maybe That's something we need to do. What was it like going from V six to V eight uh, and you had the same transmission in yours.
2: Yeah yeah mm-hmm. so yeah i kept the nag one in mind mm-hmm. uh world of difference i mean it's a totally different vehicle i mean it's i have a lot more fun driving it now on the road yeah than i did before mm-hmm. uh just because of the power the noise you know it's, i mean it's v8 you know? noise i wouldn't call it noise it's, it's more like it's sound yeah you know yeah. america it just screams it you know <laughs> That's what eagles so, sound like yeah exactly yeah. so i mean i, I much more fun <laughs> on the road yeah um a lot of fun off road as well, but I mean it would always it was always fun off road. It's just now it just doesn't take as much to get up something. Yeah, you know, very very little throttle. Um, the amount of torque that thing has off road, especially in the with that Rubicon transfer case, it's crazy.
0: Yeah, I like it a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You feel like it's too much? No. Yeah. God, who would say that? What's up, Tony? Why you I shaking would. your head?
1: Think it's too much? I, I, I would rather had the other transfer case. I think because mine was. So low geared with that eight speed it was one was a, was just like one and done i mean yeah it's better better just locked in second manual when i was crawling
0: the thing i don't like about the jl jt conversions uh some some kits require the to re, reuse the or only use the rubicon transfer case and by the time you put that much power and torque in front of that transmission and you know, oftentimes the guys are already have a 513 or 538 gear ratio in the back. And that can be, that's going to be a lot of gear reduction uh, for all that power. And so it, it does, it gets a little bit, I don't want to say sketchy. You have to learn how to off-road it a lot differently. It's not just that you have a whole lot of power in there. It's that you have to, ex- you have to be ready to stop that thing. And you have,
2: hand on the shifter at all times.
0: That's what I tell these guys when yeah. they pick them up. Like, get ready to put it in neutral. Yeah, because they put it in neutral. Uh, you feel like that even with the JK?
2: Yes, 100. Well, like? I, I'm also well. I'm running the 538 gears in mine. I have to use the uh, shifter in order to put myself into neutral. Uh, uh-huh. my brakes just won't slow me down completely. So it wants to still. Yeah, grow. I
1: slapped that slapped that stick in neutral a lot when I was wheeling. Yeah. Um, sometimes on purpose. <laughs>
2: Sometimes yeah. Sometimes on accident. <laughs> it just feels like it gives everything a break. I mean, there's just a lot it's, of torque going on there. So just feels like yeah. it gives everything a break. Man, those things feel like dozers
0: out there, man, when you're when you're yeah. you're crawling in them and all that torque is just just I mean it'll crawl anything. Oh yeah. Point and shoot at that. Uh, you know, you gotta be kind of careful. Almost don't have to give it any acceleration period. I, you know, I don't throttle stuff.
2: Yeah. Now I mean, you know, at a simple park like, you know, Hidden Falls. Involves. yeah, weak it, shit. You, you idle up most. Say, of this you stuff. can say weak shit. It's no, I'm, I still have fun. Out there. I enjoy doing the 101s, man. I love we, doing. We those. need
0: to take the Bronco, the new Bronco, out there yeah, before we do any a lot mods of to it, and, and just just do a little bit of you know a little bit of light off roading with that thing. And before we do any mods to it, the last episode we talked about I was going to go to Alabama get the Bronco and then all that that just turned into a huge shit storm. The next day, ended up uh finding one just an hour and a half away pretty good deal on it, I guess, relatively speaking. And we picked it up and it wasn't anything special. I mean, by the time I actually got my, I was a, I can get one now. Um, it was not at all what I originally wanted. And it was actually what I originally intended on ordering uh, with my reservation, which was a big bin model with a four cylinder had the automatic, no Sasquatch on it whatsoever. You know, it's pretty plain. And I get in this thing and I drive it and it's got that 2.3 EcoBoost in it. And I was like, this thing is this is gonna suck. I bought it with the intention of the of getting it with a four cylinder because I figured, well, we do V eight swaps. This is what we do around here, you know. We need mm-hmm. we don't need the V six because we're gonna yank this thing out as soon as we can, and excuse me, and put a you know something in it, a coyote or whatever. And then I drove it. I was like, man, this isn't that bad. And then I put it in sport mode. I was like, man, this thing is actually pretty pretty fun to drive. I don't know what it's going to do once we modify it and all that. That that remains to be seen, but I imagine that we're, we're going to put some 513 gears in it and probably kill all that power. I don't know, but we'll see. But as it stands right now, just looking at, at that four-cylinder and the power it has right now, it's not bad, right? It's kind of fun to drive. And then I go yeah. around and I find that the Ranger, there's a turbo upgrade for the Ranger with the same engine that will support like up to 340 horsepower or something like that at the wheel, at the wheels. And that may not sound a lot, uh, like a lot to some people, but, um, we've dyno tested a lot of the V eight swaps that we've done and they're not even, uh, they're, they're close. They're around those same numbers. Right. So, I mean, if I can throw a turbo on a four cylinder and, and it, and it reliably makes that power then is it necessary to do a V8 swap on that? And mind you, we're not talking about putting a Hemi or an LS it, we're talking about a Coyote. Coyotes don't make the big torque down low like the Hemis do, all right? So they take more RPMs to do that. So I guess the question is gonna be, are we gonna be doing V8 swaps in Broncos? Is there a point to doing it? If you can buy a couple thousand dollars worth of a turbo upgrade and throw it on that engine, and make almost the same power. I mean, yeah, I want to hear the sound of a V8, yeah. but at the end of the day, the Bronco may not be that platform, you know? And we're, like I said, we're not getting rid of our Jeep. We love our Jeep. In fact, uh, today being January 3rd, I got to, you know, we're, we're back to work. Open up my emails this morning. I had a great email saying something's on its way here. We're going to try and squeeze something in uh, probably towards the end of the second half of this month that, you know, we're going to bring some fresh life to the Jeep JK that we have or pig that we should, like I said, I think we just name it Guinea Pig. Guinea pig, pig. Yeah, Guinea Pig. <laughs> um, back to, to what I was saying though, if you want a V8 in an off-road vehicle, I'm not entirely sure that the Bronco is going to be that platform. Right. It, which sucks because it's not a rock crawler either. I don't think in my opinion, I have no interest in rock crawling the Bronco and none zero. And I think a lot of people out there and they're pushing these things to do it. I think it's just, you know, people will do solid axle swaps on them and they're going to want to do, you know, I get standalone V8 swap that thing easily. Anybody can, but that's not what we're buying them for. You know, it's to me, when people want to do a V8 conversion in something this new, they want everything on the dash to work OEM, just like our, our conversions do now. So there, I don't yeah. really see any point in doing a standalone swap in a Bronco unless you're just going to strictly be racing that thing down in Baja or western half of the United States somewhere in one of those desert regions. If you're going to just strictly be racing it out there like that, then, you know, maybe that's that's a great platform. And I don't know why you would do that unless you're just bored or highly <laughs> sponsored. Um, highly sponsored. <laughs> then maybe that's the thing. But what do you think? Your guy that you've owned a lot of Jeeps and you've done some big mods to them, would you put a V8 mm. in the Bronco?
1: Would I do it? Um, I'd like to say I wouldn't, but if you came up with an option to do it, I would probably dive off that. <laughs>
0: Stop right where man, that was but, you know, I think the yeah, engine I for that's the Godzilla. So, you know, <laughs> I think it makes better torque it makes way better torque down low than the than the 5.0 option.
1: I think it's got enough power for what. I think it's got enough power for 35s and the suspension that's on it. Um, yeah. the suspension worked a little better. I still feel like that, those bump that bump zone in the Bilsteins is pretty harsh on mine. Um, yeah. It just I feel like it hits that bump zone really. Of course, I'm coming from Kings with 14 inches of travel, so there's there's you know I have to be honest about that. But I I feel like the rear end of this thing hits hits pretty quick and pr- hits pretty
0: hard. Yeah, and you haven't so, getting, loaded
1: it down yet. <laughs> I haven't. And maybe that makes it better. I don't know. Um, yeah. The one that I drove. And uh, the off-rodeo was the manual mm-hmm. That was the Badlands, and I'd have to go back and watch that video. I keep saying I'm going to. I can't remember whether that thing had Sasquatch or not, but um, it rode really, really good off-road, and it rode really well on that little GP track that they put us on. So, mm-hmm. and it had the it had the small 2.3, and man, when you got in it, it was piping. I yes. mean, I felt like I needed a mullet, like I was on a two-stroke, <laughs> you know, to get it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: I don't know, man. Like I said, I I, uh, I love V8s. I love the sound of them. I love the feel of it. Um, but I have to be honest and say that if if this thing feels this good after we put bigger tires on it and we re-gear it, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't even feel like I need a V6. But, of course, I think that I'll be moving up to that one at some point. I'll probably right. build this one. And then, you know, we're going to get to point in here in the first couple months and we'll, we'll kind of we'll know a lot more about them. We'll know a lot more about the, uh, the evolution of the V8 conversion for these and whether I know, I talked to somebody at HP tuners and I know who is very close to it, to getting it done, mm-hmm. but I'm not, I'm not going to put any pressure on them by calling them out on it, uh, because they, <laughs> it may never come to fruition either, you know, <laughs> but what I've heard I mean, is the, the can network is, is extremely difficult to, uh, the cam- camber, yeah. yeah, on the, on the, on the Bronco.
1: Well, you know, I think the I think the deciding thing for me is, you know, this is going to be fine um, going around trails, going kind of fast on some trails that allow that. Yeah. it'll be great in the San Juan's, um, doing stuff like that. But where the where we're gonna know is when we get near, get you them know, down to Baja. We get near a ranchero where it's silted up, mm-hmm. and you have to slow down a little bit. Yeah. finding out what gear it tries to stay in, finding out how well it lugs, because you know, if you're a nice guy, you're gonna slow down by those. Yeah, and then when you get get away from them, it's time to pin it again, and yeah. uh, that's where we're gonna know is in that silk and that loose stuff whether it has the right power or not. I mean, it's it the only way.
0: Yeah, and well, I know the five O. <laughs> well, I don't know, man. Like I said, I I'm uh, I can't can't talk about why I'm a little bit concerned about the five O right now as much. Uh, super great platform, you know. A lot of I think uh, the guys in the Jeep world aren't as familiar with the coyote engine because the LS conversion and the hemi conversion have been what, what's been around for the longest time. Let's get off the Bronco thing for a little bit, but I just want to finish out by saying that, you know, believe it or not, if you guys aren't familiar with the coyotes, it is a very, it's actually a pretty awesome engine that can withstand a lot of power. Even in the stock form, you can build a lot of, you can boost the heck out of those things and make a lot of power. Uh, they just don't make the the power down low like uh like the Hemi's just a freaking monster i mean mm-hmm. LS is good i mean LS is probably the best all around engine swap there is out there i mean for a lot of reasons but talking about jeeps though and we're talking about the new platforms right and and you could buy a 392 wrangler is it the way to go or is it you know is it better to buy a JL with the 36 in it and and do a Hemi conversion in that and all the other stuff that you're going to build in it because we get that question a lot ever since the 392 came out. And I didn't think it was going to be a reality. I thought it was just a marketing ploy by Jeep to distract mm-hmm. away from Bronco. You know, like, what was that a year, year and a half ago or something like that one that I don't know year and a half ago, Yeah, because even though I make money doing V8 swaps, believe me, I, I want to see a factory V8 option because it's not like we're going to go out of business because we're not doing V8 swaps anymore. It's, but it's fun. It gets more people out there. It brings new people in, you know, just like the Bronco. It's not that, you know, I'm not a cultist when it comes to off-road vehicle platforms in any way. So it's the same thing with the engines. It's not like, oh my God, a V8. Well, I hate it because I'm, you know, it's competing with my, you know, with what I do here, which is not the case at all. But I like seeing that because you know anytime somebody does that well then the other guy's got to raise the part you know the bar keeps raising but well,
1: let me ask you a question then while the cameras are on you yeah. you have you have driven obviously you've driven your swap have you driven or spent any time in the factory 392 and what are your thoughts on it
0: recently we did have a 392 in the shop for a suspension change and i tell you man these guys are coming in with these brand new 392 wranglers and the first thing you want to do is build them out i've had guys calling me going now mind you these are guys that have never owned a jeep before so so this guy did a very mild bill i think we did a clayton uh three and a half lift on it no long arms nothing like that um it lifted it up it was actually beautiful and i highly recommend this for anybody that wants to run 37s that clayton three and a half lift it was very proportionate it looks like we just expanded that that vehicle out we just zoomed out on it a little bit you know like we uh we we made it bigger, but it was still proportionate. Uh, we kept the stock bumper and, you know, all that kind of stuff because I like the way those stock bumpers look on those Jeeps. Uh, and they're very they're super functional. Then we take it out and we, re, we re-geared we it to, uh, I believe we re-geared that to 456. And uh, I talked to the customer this morning, by the way. Anybody asking about 392 stock axles, thirty seven 456, dude loves it. Absolutely loves it. He was gushing over it on the phone. So um you know Blake takes it out and he does his test drive in it and he comes back. This guy that does every single hemi swap we do here for the most part he's done like 98% of them. Um so he has a very good barometer on on how these things feel. And uh Blake was like, yeah, they're not as good. So um they you know whether they're it's because he, he thinks it's, you know, they're splitting up the power to the front axle and, you know, it doesn't feel as good and as peppy. Uh, I don't know what it is, but, um, in his opinion and in my opinion too, uh, the swap has more uh, boogie to it. We even, uh, did the cutout. We uh, pushed the button so that, you know, the, the muffler can out open and you could hear it's still not as loud as the exhaust that we just put on on the conversion in my opinion you know i was like then whenever whenever you shut that thing it's it's pretty quiet don't get me wrong it, it sounds good it's throaty yeah. but it's not nearly man like i i want to take two identical builds uh at 392 just like that guy built it right 37s and 456 gears uh it's gonna have the same transmission yeah. you know i I want to do identical builds like that and actually uh do a side-by-side you know drag race on them and see what happens because in my I think the conversions have more power. I think the tuning in them also is is set up. Even if you were to take a 392 Wrangler, put it to uh, rear-wheel drive only, I still think that it would – I think that conversion would kill it. But And not to discourage anybody either way. I don't think you can go wrong. As long as you can get a V8 in there, then you'll be happy. Other than the experience around mine and and, uh, JJ's on the JKX, were you ever around one that had an LS in it?
1: Uh, just yours and JJ's that was yeah. it. And that was back in the days where the JKs that had the Hemi's were always overheating. Every time you pull up, you just hear the fans running wide open and you could just feel the heat coming off of them. So yeah. until you came up with the conversion that you you chose to go with, uh, um, I had a bad taste in my mouth about putting a Hemi in mine. I, I was always like, we'll just do an LS swap. And you were like, not in the jail. They have it fixed.
0: <laughs> yeah well even the ones that we've been putting in the jk now uh it doesn't even matter like we've done dakota customs and america's most wanted and we've had really good success with either one of those kits the only issue that we have with doing a hemi conversion in the jk is uh the gen one jk is the 07 to 11, that 545 rfe transmission is just kind of a it's crap shoot. Like, you don't know what you're going to get. More often than not, we've had good transmissions. But it seems like uh, we've had a couple of bad ones. And they're not like – they didn't, like, go out down the road. They were either great or junk from day one. So, (laughs) you know, that was – that's the only really the kind of the – I guess you could say like the – the questionable the x factor in the in the gen in the jk hemi conversions is if you have a gen one and we're you know and we're and we're doing a hemi conversion in it you're gonna get a 545 rf transmission it it may take us a little bit longer to do the conversion because well we're gonna have to change out the transmission if it's bad and uh that's happened a couple of times you know and but customers are always super cool about it you know we we try and be we we tell them that up front you know nowadays we tell them hey don't worry we'll know right away whether it's going to be bad or not you know typically we (laughs) we know within a couple hundred miles you know so we try and test drive them as much as we can uh before we we uh let the customer take delivery on them but other than that i mean the Hemi's have been really, really good in the JKs, and I haven't seen. I mean, Ryan, you you haven't had any overheating issues with yours, huh?
2: No, not at all. I, and I
0: realize that you know people watching there's like or listening to are going, well, yeah, well, you guys aren't gonna say nothing bad about. It. Trust me, I'll <laughs> tell you the truth, man. I don't, I don't give a shit. I got plenty of stuff I can sell you if that's the case, you know. Uh, but. I'm not. I don't watch your videos if that's the case because you're not afraid to nah, take not something a, right back off. <laughs> I don't care. I'll tell. I'll tell anybody what I think about this stuff within reason. You know what I mean? It's like there's if something if there's an issue with something, I usually reach out to the guy that that sold it to me. You know, let, let's. I'm not gonna say whether it was America's Most Wanted or Dakota Customs it doesn't matter because uh, customer service is king, right? So whether you have an, you know the product is bad or not, it depends on how that, that guy that sold it to you is going to handle the situation. Um, so that that's, you know, whether there, there's not necessarily a reliability issue with the product itself, it comes down to how, well, who's going to take care of it. And so, I can say that, um, we've had, we've had one Dakota customs and one America's most wanted issue with the 545 transmission. And in either case, they were really both, both companies were really quick to make sure that we got the product that we needed and put it in there. It was fine. Everything was great. And, uh, we, you know, we got the customer back on the road and everything was cool. And, you know, that's, that's why we do business with who we do business with, Mm -hmm. because we want to make sure that we can take care of this problem if there's ever a problem. And I'll tell you what, even if they wouldn't stand behind the warranty, I would stand behind it. I mean, they would ever buy another one from those guys again, but I would take <laughs> care of it and make sure that that the customer is taken care of in the end, even if it comes out of my own pocket. So, uh, and then we'll make a video and we'll we'll, we'll tell everybody, but I'm not going to bad mouth anybody that, that's out there doing business, building these kits and, and that we're using and stuff like that. Um, because they've, they've been solid stand behind the product. For the most part, they're really quick to get us apart if there's an issue. So, but luckily, fortunately, and we do a high volume of these V eight conversions when we run into a problem, it's frustrating, but then when you got to step back and go, look, how many of we have the, of these have we done that were perfect. And so I, I step back and I look at that and I'm like, okay. And I put my frustrations aside and we just work through the problem. And that's, what's important is being able to work through the problem with these guys. So, and, and fortunately it has been really easy and the customer has been totally understanding. But for the most part, Ryan, would you agree that we, that everything's been pretty damn good.
2: Yeah. On the for the most part, we don't run into any problems at all.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, I got a
1: question. I yeah. Got a couple of them actually. So, um, my, the Hemi swap that I have was the American plus one. It was five hundred and five horsepower. I know they have a seven Oh seven and eight Oh eight. So I'd like your opinion on those three, which mm-hmm. one of your favorites. But oh yeah. The other question I think people probably wonder is, LS versus HEMI, what kind of horsepower versus torque can you expect um, between the two of them, if you're staying with the 505 package on the HEMI?
0: Yeah, and that's what that's what most people listening want to know, right? I mean, good question. Um, and by the way, we didn't rehearse this, so. <laughs> no, we're just winging good job. it. Good job, Tony. Um, <laughs> I would say that, man, it's a tough one, dude. It, it really just comes out. I, I mean, the LS is, is super reliable engine platform is the conversion. Well, it depends on which one you did. Cause we, we used a brand for a long time and, and, uh, I'm not gonna, not gonna badmouth anybody here, but, um, we had a lot of integration issues with that kit and we worked through them a lot. And, uh, we learned a lot about V8 conversions with those kits, but we kind of got away from them. Now I could say that RPM extreme was a great kit that we used. Uh, I just didn't use them enough. And I think that if I had used them enough, I don't even know that we would have went and waded into the waters of HEMI. But uh, in the JL and JT, I, in my opinion, that's the conversion of choice, I think, that you want to put the HEMI in the JL and JT. I think the JK leaves a little, a little bit more room to, to go either way. Um, just because they're a little bit older. RPM extremes, do, do, you know, like I said, the kit that I used, I used their kit twice in some JKs. And, uh, and one of them, I used the other guy's brand first, and we had so many problems with the, I actually had to take that kit out, uh, just the wiring harness. And we put the RPM kit in and flawless looks great, works great. The guy has zero issues with it. I think RPM extreme makes a really solid LS kit, uh, conversion. And, and for the most part, they're, they're pretty good about, um, customer support. So that I just want to throw that in there because it, you know, kind of, you know, that that's my history with the LS conversions, like done quite a few of them. Uh, I wished I had done more of the RPM extreme swaps than I'd done with the others. So that, but that led us to the Hemis in the JL and JT. So that, that, that was the, I guess the origin story, as far as which one do I like best, right? The LS or the Hemi. Or, or horsepower wise, what, what do you expect out of both of those? Oh well, man. So in the Hemi world, you got the five seven, the six four, the Hellcat, and the Demon. And if you want, you can go up to America's most one well and get the Hellfin in there. But <laughs> shit, man, I don't know. Uh, I, more on that in a little bit. But so the five seven's a good engine, right? And if you do a crate engine, you'll get it without the MDS, so that you won't get the you won't get the engine with the, the cylinder deactivation in. it. You'll get VVT, you which is good. I like VVT. Uh, it's a good thing. Keeps those uh, those torque and horsepower curves pretty pretty parallel and flat. I like the 5.7. My thing with, and this is, a, this is one that I tell everybody that comes through the door, talks to me on the phone about doing a hemi conversion and wants to do a 5.7. And mind you, I've done, what, two 5.7s? Yeah. That's it. I've done a mm-hmm. lot of V8 swaps. We've only done two 5.7s, one in a JT, one in a JK. And these are guys, the reason they did the 5.7 was because, and I don't try and talk people into it. I just try and be honest with them and give them some some food for thought when they're choosing which engine to do. But if they come to me and they're like, hey, I want to do a 5.7. Oh, wait, the guys did the 5.7 because they, they saved and budgeted only for the 5.7. Okay, they could not stretch it down any further. But guys come in, they call me on the phone and say, hey, I want to do a 5.7. I go, look. It's only about four thousand dollars more, I think, to do a six four, but you're going to gain a hundred horsepower. That is the cheapest hundred horsepower you're ever going to buy, anytime, mm-hmm. reliably, naturally aspirated horsepower. That's a cheap, that's a cheap hundred horsepower, right? Uh, there may mm-hmm. be other ways to do it at home and you know, blah blah blah. I, I, guys, I don't care about that. If you want to comment on on that, that's fine. But listen, I'll tell you what when you're taking it off and you're dropping it out of, at a shop and you're paying somebody else to do it, four grand is cheap 100 horsepower, right? So I go, look, uh, it's only, you know, that much more money. I say only, but relatively speaking, it's only that much more money for, you know, an extra 100 horsepower. But here's the deal. When you get ready to sell that vehicle, and you will at some point, we all say we love our Jeeps. We're never getting rid of a Jeeps, blah, 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 blah. But at some point, for the most part, we do. When you go to sell that thing and you put that much money into it, it takes a special person out there to buy that. So you have to market that Jeep uh, out there to certain people that can afford to buy a vehicle that costs that much. And a guy that can afford it, he's either got cash on hand to pay for the whole thing or he's got enough cash on hand to cover the difference in the loan value. And a guy that's in that situation, when he's shopping for one of these vehicles that has a V8 conversion in it, do you think he's gonna buy the five seven, the one that's got you know that's posted on there and the you know and off you know wherever these classifieds are that you got to post it, whether it's a marketplace or you know some forums or whatever? And he's shopping through and he's got about three or four or five different jeeps to choose from that are for sale that have V conversions in them. Is he gonna pick the one that has a five seven or is he gonna pick the one that has a 6.4? 6.4. 6.4. Six, six, four. Four. <laughs> so I tell everybody, I mean, look, I know it's gonna cost you a little bit extra money two things. It's going to be easier to sell down the road. You're being honest with yourself. It's, you know, you are going to sell at some point. It's an easier sell to sell that 6.4 or that, you know, you want to call it 392. It's a 392. It's going to be more appealing. It's going to be an easier sell to that guy. And trust me, the 6.4 is a hell of a lot more fun to drive than the 5.7. The 5.7 is not a slouch, but man, that 6.4 is and honestly, I mean, I've done a lot, I've driven a lot of different off-road vehicles with, with conversions in them that we've done, or other people have done or, or came with a V8. And that I think is my favorite is the 64, the 392, uh, crate Hemi conversion. Uh, it just it has that perfect balance of horsepower and torque. It makes that torque super low, like right over idle. You're, you're already in the torque. Um, yeah. I like the LS. And, um, I like the coyote we talked about earlier, but I can't flip a coin on these things. I'll tell you straight up. I like the six, four hemming. Now the Hellcat and the demon are cool, but I'm not a fan of them. I don't like the installation of them. You know, it's a little bit more complex. You got, you got extra fuel, um, system to add in it just, and the more you add in, the more complicated it gets. Um, and to be honest with you, man, do you need that much power in a brick that's sitting that, that has such a high center of gravity? Cause if you're putting that engine in it, chances are it's got a three and a half, four and a half inch lever, maybe more on it. And, yeah. um, you know, you're running 40 inch tires. Do you really want to put that much power in there and and enjoy it? And I can tell you in my experience, I don't enjoy driving the boosted, uh, Hemis I, in, in a Jeep, now in a car. Hell yeah, man. That's a that's a fun ride. Uh but I don't know. Ryan, have you been in any of these? Have I taken for you for riding any customer bills that had the 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 demon or hellcat in them?
2: Um no. I have not been in either one of them. No. Okay. I have not ridden any well,
0: of them. Maybe uh we got a the demon is back and we did a demon swap and it's here the uh, freak accident. On that thing, I don't know what the hell happened to that engine, but it had absolutely nothing to do with anybody. Uh, I think it was a defect that was from Mopar or something like that, uh, but it burned up the center cam bearing in that thing. It just killed it. And uh, I think I know what happened, but, you know, it's all speculation. It doesn't matter. The engine's trashed. Let's get it in there. But the Demonicon is back here, and that's the Gladiator that we built locally from our customer out in Austin with the Demon in it. And he fucking loves that thing. I mean, he can't get, he can't get it back fast enough. That's one that once we get it put back together, uh, we need to put the long block in it. Hopefully next week we'll be able to put that back in there and get it tuned. Um, cause he's wanting to take it polar bear run. Um, hopefully wow. we can make that happen. But, uh, I mean, it's, we got a new long block here, Mopar long block. We're literally just change the valve covers out and put the, the demon, the red valve covers on it and put the blower on it. Uh, once it's in, in the engine, you know, back in the frame, we'll put the blower back on, um, you know, add oil to it and get it, get it dialed in, get the tuning dialed back in on it. But, um, I'll make sure I'll, I'll see if John will take you for a ride and John's the owner of it. Um. That's a guy that we got to get on the we podcast when on dis- the just to yeah. tell stories, <laughs> exactly. man. This guy, but, anyways, he loves that thing. The guy that, uh, there's another guy from Austin, we put a Hellcat in his Wrangler, uh, JL Wrangler, loves that thing. I mean, they love it. That's what they want. I'll sell it to them. But if you're asking me, Bubba, what is the go to V8 conversion as far as the Hemi side goes? What is the go to? It's the 392 or the 64. You know they're they're not cheap conversions, but man, we've had guys from uh, synergies from all over the country here to get uh, to get swapped, and it is the best. Man, it's what I do this for is when I walk out there with them and they put that key in it and they start it for the first time, and it's just like the smile is from ear to ear, and they just they sit there and rev it up and they love it. They love the way the 392 sounds. Yeah, yeah, I think one day I'm I think uh, really my the build that I want um is gonna be a Mojave with a three ninety two in it thirty fives because man oh. that one that we built for for that guy mm-hmm. fucking rip man I love that stock axles yeah we didn't mm-hmm. we didn't put UD sixties in it. I mean you could, but uh thirty fives, I mean should be fine, right? They're gonna break loose. Man, to be yeah. honest with you, I, th- I don't think people are giving up these uh these jail on JT stock. Dana 44, the M210 and M220 axles in the, in the Gladiator and the Wrangler. I don't think they're giving them enough credit, man. These things are actually, I mean, I've seen people tear them up the ring and pinion with the V6, but I've seen, we've done, we've done some, so many swaps where, and I tell everybody this up front, I'm like, look, man, you can do the Hemi in this, but with the stock axles, but I cannot promise you that that stock axle is going to live and I'll do it, but I'm telling you, it's not the best idea. The guy from Oklahoma, man, um, you know what I'm talking about. Um, yep. he, I think he was the first or second, uh, Hemi JT that we built outside of my own and the same deal guy put left stock axles on there. 40 inch Maxxis razors MTs. I love yep. that tire, by the way, as a sick looking tire and it <clears> performs <throat> really, really well. He's still running stock axles and he's taking it out to those dunes out in Oklahoma. I don't know where they're at. Where's that at? Uh, I
1: thought uh, Winoka. Uh, little
0: Sahara is what they call it. Yeah. yeah. He sent me videos of him out there doing donuts and shit, ripping it up with this thing. And I'm like, dude, you're going to break that axle in a minute. Now
1: I see it every now and then in Tulsa Hill.
0: Yeah. yeah. He still has yeah. not broken the axle or anything and he's not holding back. I don't, so I don't know how, <laughs> yeah. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't hesitate in, in a, for a second to, um, to go ahead and throw uh three ninety two in a Mojave. And I think we did a, I think we did it two inch two and a half inch lift
2: it was a two and a half inch lift on it we did a two and a
0: half inch evo lift i think on that thing (laughs) and dude it just again proportionately perfect it looked good i think that thing would freaking be awesome to take now i would probably step it i mean we did the two and a half and we kept the factory internal bypass shocks that came with a mojave yes so we did the shock shock extensions perfect man like new springs uh some control arms to correct some you know a couple of angles but for the most part we didn't change a whole lot on the suspension and dude, that thing freaking fun man um one piece drive shaft uh, i'd probably i would probably go uh, back to a two-piece uh on that build just because just for weight you know and just keep it light with that with the with the, with the that aftermarket drive shaft one piece kind of heavy So yeah, I'd probably do that now on the LS side of things. Let's say we go to the GM side of things, right? You have a lot of options. So you can do a five, three swap. You could do a six O swap. You do a 6.2 swap, or you can do an LS three, which is a 6.2 swap, but you know, there's three different LS3 engines, so you can, with three, with cam profile is different. So you, you know, you get the 430, 480, or 530 or 520. I can't remember what it is, but there's three different options when it came to the the crate LS3. What's nice about the LS platform is it doesn't matter which one of those that you choose between the 5.3 and the and the LS3, the higher end one, you can change cams out in any of those, and just make gobs of power, cheap. <laughs> It's just a cheap engine platform that you can modify and make cheap power on. And my favorite was taking the six the L nine H variant of the LS and putting an LS9 cam in it. Uh which for those of you who don't know, the LS it was that that was the supercharged factory LS3 engine, one, uh when you say LS nine. But that cam in the LS nine is just perfect for the naturally aspirated uh six point two. L nine H is a six point two liter truck engine. Almost identical to the LS3, but it has VVT in it, which some people like or don't like VVT. I personally, I still have VVT on the LS that's in my Jeep. I never change it; I uh, left it alone, and it makes good power. It rips. It's it's a, it's a fun, reliable LS swap. So with any of the LS engines, you could put a cam in that thing and make really cheap power, which is fun. It's a lightweight engine. It's aluminum. It stays cool. Uh, what I like about the LS over the HEMI is when you get into the tuning side of it, the GM is just, it's just so much easier to work with. It's just, man, <laughs> it's almost, it's like black and white. You know, And when I say that, it was, it's not to get too detailed about it because I don't even understand it myself uh, very well. But if you want to go into the HEMI and you wanted to make changes to the tuning and programming in it, you you kind of have to know and you have to navigate it a little bit differently than uh than you would the LA, the gm stuff and then, to me since i'm more than i have more time behind the gm stuff i kind of i understand it better i don't know how to tune them but i know how to go into them and make changes to the like like say the fan tables themselves okay so i can actually go in there and tell the fan exactly when to come on exactly when to go off it's a little bit more difficult to do that in the Chrysler stuff. So that's why I actually prefer the GM stuff. And that being said, RPM Extreme now offers the Gen 5 stuff. So be on the lookout for that. That's going to come with the 8-speed automatic. So, you know, if it's as reliable as the LS stuff, is the LT, we'll call it the LT because it's just easier to keep track of it. So if the LT stuff is as reliable as the LS stuff was from RPM Extreme, we're going to see a lot of that stuff. Because those Gen One guys, or I don't say even Gen One, the JK guys in general, most guys that call us wanting a V8 conversion in a JK really just want an eight-speed, and they think uh, because JK Gears and Gadgets did that um, Hemi and their JK with an eight HP seventy transmission, so they put an eight-speed in there. So a lot of people will call us up and go, "Hey man, we want to do this conversion." You know, da, da, da. And I'm like, man, I I, uh, I don't know about that conversion. We, you know, we reached out to the company. And it just seemed like we didn't get the response that we wanted from them, so we don't do that swap. We're sticking to the NAG ones or the, the 545. But if RPM Extreme is going to have a reliable V8 with an 8-speed option, then I think that we're going to see a whole lot more of that uh, in the next couple of years versus the Hemi.
1: But either way, I mean, I no... maybe. Eliminate the need for such a higher stall on those LSs. What
0: are you talking about in the transmission? Well,
1: it seems like like we're out wheeling with the LS guys. You'll hear that stall. You know, kind of they'll hear the engine rev up before that stall flashes and starts to come. That's in intentional. Pretty- so
0: the ones that you saw doing that, we actually did that on purpose. That's not a bad right. thing. That's a good thing. No,
1: I, I thought it was handy. <laughs> it, it gave is. them a lot more finesse.
0: Yeah, we put a twenty eight hundred stall uh, torque converter in those builds that you are around, and that just allows you. I mean, that that's the way to go. Wanna get that engine up in the power band when you start doing that stuff? So putting a 2800 stall torque converter in there is a good thing, which that came out of nowhere. I didn't even intend to talk about that. So good call. But yeah, I think we're gonna see uh you know, we might see more GM stuff integrated in, in the next couple of years as that conversion gets more refined. So uh, mm-hmm. and I hope so, because like I said, man, it I I enjoy the GM stuff, the LS stuff is really cool because in, and if you have an LS conversion in your JK, then you know what I'm talking about, uh, a reliable one. That um, it's just it's a lot of fun to off road that vehicle with with that V8 in it. It's just so much better. And if if you can put an eight speed behind one, man, that is going to be that's going to be a lot more fun to drive. So, curious to see what happens with those. I think that
1: stall is what I liked about it is it gave them a little bit more forgiveness when they were on something technical Yeah, and where I might get all almost to the top and I get a little heavy footed and I break loose Mm -hmm. and I come back down. They had some forgiveness in that RPM range to just keep the wheels moving gently.
0: I hope you're Um, not talking about Pat.
1: Now Pat's just like screaming Banshee, right? Yes. That thing is so loud. Did um, did he make it up Mr. Ugly?
0: No, he broke his hub. Remember?
1: Oh yeah, that's right. Hey Pat, what's up,
0: bud? Not even listening to this podcast yet. Uh, But
1: yeah, he'll he'll never listen because he was going to think it's social media.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But those uh, those builds, uh, we did quite a few of those where we did uh, we took the crate LS L nine H engine, we put those cams in them, and uh, those circle D torque convert billet torque converters in them with the high stall. Dude, just beautiful off-road especially rock crawling and i never did it to mine i never put that torque yeah. converter in my, no man i i've been rolling around in that dirty ass jk for so long uh the but the most i ever did to it was put i put the kooks long tube headers on them which mm-hmm. man that that's Probably my favorite mod to that Jeep was the Kooks long tube headers because it just, it it brought it to life. People will know when that Jeep's coming. And any of those LSs that we put the the Kooks long tube uh, headers on, man, they just sound wicked. Except for Pat's, and I I tell Pat this all the time. I hate the exhaust he put (laughs) on there, but he loves it. Um, I like it too. I like that. Well, have you dynoed one of those yet? You know what they make? Man, I have those dyno sheets laying around here too. I, I could, I could ask Corey what they are, but I want to say they're right, hitting right at the wheels around 330 horsepower and torque. Nice. I mean, those LSs are very, very uh, proportionate to each other. It's usually um, very, very close to each other in the numbers. So, especially with VVT, but uh, those we eliminate the VVT on them when we did the cam swap. You, you get drastically different numbers uh, between horsepower and torque when you do that. So super fun builds did quite a few of them did at least, I don't know. I think four or five of those, those, those specifically. So, and recently we just did Jake's, uh, Jake's was in here. He had six. that was one that he had, uh, originally had a six. I uh, put a Thule cam in it with the circle D torque. Converter. That thing was putting down, uh, the same power as the LS threes. So very cheap, uh, cast iron block, gen four, six liter, uh, LS. Put a Thule cam in it. We did the springs on it, uh, VVT delete and a circle D torque inverter. Actually, no, no, we didn't do the circle T the first time around. Unfortunately, one of the trunnion bearings is super, super common on the LS. Uh, one of the trunnion bearings came out on the rocker. He lost a cylinder on it. He thought he blew the engine up and, the, and, and we didn't know. Uh, we took his word for it. He was sending me pictures of the, like fluid laying underneath that. I was like, man, this thing's done and we get it here. He ordered a, uh, I believe he ordered a Thompson four hundred eight stroker. Yes, for that oh, thing.
2: Yeah, Thompson four hundred eight.
0: <laughs> that was Jake's solution to that the, solution the to broken everything. engine. Was not let's <laughs> fix the engine. No, let's let's fucking replace this thing. Yeah, let's just throw money and make this it rain. <laughs> anyway, so we put that Thompson in there. Uh, that's when we changed out to the RPM Extreme harness, and uh, we put that Circle D torque converter. In, and dude that that's another one. Uh, coops, long tube headers. I don't know what the muffler is on the thing. If it's even a muffler, but dude, that thing is rowdy. Yeah. Boy, that's one of my favorite LS conversions is that guys. Typical Jake fashion takes it two weeks later. He breaks the rear diff, which we need to get in here soon to repair it. was it an 80? It's a freaking Sterling 10 and a half, man, which basically, <laughs> yeah, I'm almost, almost the size of me. <laughs> It doesn't matter. It's a stout ass rear end, right? Yeah. He's met Jake, right? Oh yeah, he knows. Okay, all right. He was on the J.K.X with me. Oh, yeah. that's right. That's Literally right. That's my co dog. <laughs> now risk it to get the biscuit. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. At the end of the day, or the end of the podcast, as we get ready to close, any V eight is good. We're getting to a point with these small boosted engines that we need to be really honest with ourselves and and soon we're probably gonna be doing podcast on uh ev you know uh ultra four's got 10 of them i think maybe they're gonna have a separate ev race or something like that because it can't go as far but i believe that some company um there's 10 of them maybe there's five i don't know but there's gonna be a lot of them at this uh at king of the hammers this year that they're racing and they gave them out to known racers like there's guys um that are successful ultra four race car drivers that will be driving these evs uh and racing them against each other so it won't be long before we're talking about that stuff either you know and uh, as you no know, as much as people hate and they they want to hate these things and they we have to be realistic about it we don't control the market we work in it we play in it but you know if there's not going to be anything there's to swap in and to buy and put in these things or legally you know, we're not going to be allowed to do this stuff. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But as, as technology increases, gets more refined in these, then then we're going to see more of these small displacement engines would put uh, the boosted putting out big numbers. I go back to that, this 2.3, if I can put that turbo on there and it's a, it's a Ford turbo housing, they just change out the, the impeller inside. But if I can put that on there and make as much power at the wheels as a V8 conversion, and only spend uh, maybe a quarter of the money on it. I mean, if, if, if you know what I mean? If that, yeah. you know, to build that kind of power is it necessary. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with the Bronco. That's going to be a fun one to play around with uh, mm-hmm. since they're already boosted. It's not like the three, six pentastar, uh that was in the JK in, in, you know, the three, six pentastar is also in the JLJT. It's not the same Pentastar. I mean, it's they for all intents and purposes, yeah. But they have higher uh, compression in the newer one, the JL and JT. You know, there, it, it's not plug and play. We can't put them in the JKs. So obviously, it's not the same engine. There's some, there's some differences there. And one of them is the high compression makes it a little, really hard to boost these engines. But when you go in the Bronco, these engines are already boosted. I don't know enough about these uh, 2.3s and 2.7s. Do they have forged internals already? Is that something that you can do to them and really crank up the power on them? Can the block handle it? So it's gonna be interesting to see how that plays out. What do you think? Yeah, it'll be. I'm
1: curious because I I mean, I like mine where I'm driving it now, but it you know it does seem hyper, right? It seems like you got to make a little boost to get where you want to go, and so I just have to get used to that. Um, yep. maybe in the way I drive and I'm opinionated and I'm jaded from coming from the, you know, 505, 392. Yep. So I, I've got to step back and give it a fair chance. I'm being completely honest. Um, I didn't think I would like it and I didn't think I would keep it this long. So I thought another V8, uh, JT was going to be in my future. So and what it do you mean? You didn't think you're
0: going to keep it that long.
1: I didn't think I like the Bronco. Oh, I mean, when I went to pick it up, I was just like, man, I'm doing this but only because I waited this long. So. Yeah, well, by the uh, time we
0: got to actually taking ownership of Ramro, uh I think we were all just over it anyways, mm-hmm. which was good, right? Now, I feel yeah. like that was a good thing because we're actually able to give it a fair shake. Um yep. you know, whenever I first got my G Gladiator, I got one of the very first ones out just because I ordered and I got it pretty fast. Um, I think within a couple of months of them, actually, relatively speaking, you know, when compared to the Bronco, which took forever for me to get one, uh, the gladiator I had almost immediately and I modified Mm -hmm. it immediately. I think I, I uh, 83 miles on that thing when I avoided every single bit of warranty that was on that vehicle. Um, which I don't give a shit, whatever. I already broke the Bronco. I broke the Bronco in three days on the interior, but like, I like to say that it was a process of innovation. To break that. I'm going to have something out for you guys soon to, to see, you know, I didn't have a lot of time to look at the gladiator with everybody else driving around or go to lots and, or see him coming in. I didn't have a chance to get tired of it. And then, you know, I got it and I was like, man, I love this thing. And I still love gladiators. I don't, I think it would be very hard for me to ever buy another Wrangler because I like the gladiator so much. I think it's just a more, uh, utilitarian vehicle. I think it does more for me personally. Uh, it's mm-hmm. not for every single person out there, but for me, I'm a truck guy at the heart of it. I think the guys that want V8 swaps, I love you guys. I'm with you. I'm one of you. And I got to say that it, it's getting harder to justify it. It's easy to justify a V8 swap in a JK, but in these newer platforms, man, with these small boosted engines, even that in the diesel itself, it's getting harder to get there. The, the V8, discussion will never end i hope i hope we're having the same I hope not either yeah i mean i, I could do i could do hours of this podcast
1: i'm gonna beat a little crow because i made a whole video about how i didn't care about the goat modes and wanted a eight and um caught some some uh internet shit over it but um i may have to roll it back just a little bit at least temporarily you said you
0: said you, you didn't like the goat modes and you wanted the v8
1: i would trade i said i would trade the goat modes for a v8 oh and, i got gotcha. uh, and i spoke too soon and i think um, but time will tell right no
0: i i don't i don't disagree with that at all i would take a good v8 in this with no goat modes whatsoever uh just pure mm-hmm. driver instinct
1: probably throw this disclaimer out we can edit it out if you want to or not but um i, I, I tend to edit probably... nothing <laughs> people do bronco things with broncos um don't try to do jeep things with broncos Oh um, dude, we please. should make a you PSA
0: just on that and put it all over social media. Quit <laughs> trying to do Jeep things in a Bronco. Do Bronco things in Broncos and do Jeep things in Jeeps and And where they overlap, that's fine. Yeah, that's great. They man. don't they don't
1: overlap. No, you don't need to be the not first 100%. one. Yeah, you don't need to be the first one on a level ten black and a bronco. That's not where they intended to put that. You're thing. gonna break it. So you're gonna break
0: it or you. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. But, um, so enjoy it for what it is. Have a good time. Absolutely. And if you want a V8, holler at me. I'll take care of <laughs> you. <laughs> at some point, somebody's gonna put a V8 in the Bronco. There will there will Here's be a the conversion. We did it. That's the whole point. No, but somebody's later. gonna do it, man. <laughs> somebody's gonna figure out how to put a V8 in this. And I hope it's a Godzilla. I think the torque's better. And that's what you yeah. want in one of these bricks. Whether it's a Jeep, Bronco, whatever, it doesn't matter, man. You want torque. I mean, horsepower is great, but torque's what you want. And I think that Godzilla is a more efficient uh, producer, as far as Ford goes, at producing torque in these things than the Coyote is. But from what I've heard, the the Coyote is already set up to integrate better with the CAN network that's there. So we'll see. We'll see. All right, guys. Well, thanks for uh, listening again to episode number two hey by the way tony ryan yeah so you know and everybody else out there listening we're still not on apple Podcasts yet <laughs> but if you're one of the 99 people that has listened to our original or episode one thank you thank you <laughs> we yes. had 99 plays with an estimated audience of 94 i don't know what the difference is there but does that mean somebody listened to us more than once?
2: Yeah, that's what that means. I think it was Ryan's yeah, mom. Says, mom, can you stop that for <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, how many subs uh, do sure. we have? <laughs> I don't know.
0: I don't know how to tell, really. Um, but, anyways, thanks, guys, for listening. And uh, we're going to try and get back here as soon as possible with something else. Again, if you have any ideas what you want us to talk about, shoot us an email uh, through our website, xs 4x4's website. Or Tony, uh, Tony Trail Cartel, let him know. Yeah, we'll do our best to entertain you while we talk about it. But for now, we're going to have to wrap up and head home. So thanks again, and we'll see you next time.
1: See ya.